Hi, I'm Pacific FC midfielder Ahmed Ghamdi and you're listening to the What's Up Whitecaps podcast. We are back for another week and another episode of What's Up Whitecaps. First off, we're proud to announce that we have joined the Northern Starting Eleven Network and a superb group of fellow writers and podcasters. This week will be the last week without a guest, as next week we have a great interview lined up. Today, we'll look at the Whitecaps' last... No, uh, Whitecaps' win versus the Colorado Rapids, where our offense finally showed up. And we'll take a look at Pacific's loss to the Winnipeg Valor as well as a quick look at both the MLS and Canadian Premier League standings. And even though he was a hockey journalist, we dedicate this episode to the passing of Jason Botchford. So, Tom, we'll review the Colorado Rapids win, first of all. Uh, Montero finally showed up. That's Mm -hmm. a guy that you've been wanting to show up for a lot of this year. Mm -hmm. And his first goal, what a beautiful finish. That's a clinical finish. What do you think of that and Montero's game as a whole? I thought Montero really played a good game. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the higher elevation or something. But he he really showed up and he really put in a good performance. And he put in a clinical performance with his uh, strike um, striking ability. And we all saw it on display in that game. And I thought it was just an overall good game for him. And finally, maybe this could break his slump that he's been having. It definitely could. And his while well, his finish was magnificent, perfectly slotted past Tim Howard, there was a bit of a defensive issue by Axel Schuberg for Colorado. I don't really know what he was doing uh, as that ball came through, but nonetheless, that was a great finish by Montero. Yeah, for sure. What were your thoughts on the game overall, Ben? It was a toilet bowl, uh, as it was being dubbed going into the game. Um, two of the worst teams in MLS, uh, but the Whitecaps did come out uh, as the winners. Um, it frustrated me that we blew a 2 nothing lead mm-hmm. uh, that was very white caps. Uh, but I thought last Bangura, Lucas Venuto, uh, Venuto, who got his first white caps goal, um, they showed up very well. Uh, and for a rare occasion, uh, they were on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that worked quite well to have two nifty wingers on the field at the same time. And we saw last with his service to Montero that really worked out well. Uh, and also the quick start, uh, two goals within the first 25 minutes was very, very good for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Definitely was. Did you feel, though, that giving up two penalties in one game, that and with someone like Kai Kamara, who the Whitecaps have seen firsthand, do you think that's that? How do you think we can avoid that next time? Mark DeSantis was on TSN 1040 earlier this week, and he was asked by Mike Halford and Jason Bruff about is there something you can train on the field or train on the training pitch um, about not conceding penalties because that's six penalties against on the season through 10 games to the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, Very that's too, too many. Yeah. Um, and they've been unlucky with VAR. They've been unlucky with some refereeing decisions, but you can't put all the blame on that. They can be a little too aggressive in the box. And I think we saw that through the game uh, where they blow the two nothing lead. Montero has been urged to get back and defend. Um, but he gets back in defending and sees two penalties. So it's a little unclear. I don't know how they fix that. Um, I think they're just getting unlucky. And, of course, Kai Kamara, we know him well here in Vancouver, and he puts those two penalties away smartly. How do, what did uh, would, would you mind elaborating what Marcus DeSantos said in his reply on TSN 1040? He said that they just 
they're getting unlucky. They stress their strikers to come back and their strikers aren't very skillful defenders. Uh, and they unfortunately concede the penalties. And there's a few unlucky bounces they've gotten as well, like Daniel Henry's various handballs. Uh, and Brett Lee Rice concedes the penalty as well. So it's just a bit of unluckiness. And hopefully the luck will turn to the Whitecaps in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the coming weeks, they have a Cascadia Derby this weekend. Yeah, against, against the, the Portland, Portland Timbers. Timbers. What do you think of that? I think it's going to be a tough game for the Whitecaps. Portland Timbers are a very strong team. And and then we also have a really tough game against Atlanta United, which was really hard. And also, just to add on, Timbers just signed a new designated player for $10 million. Neck acts a forward um, Brian, sorry, Fernandez. He, I've seen a bit of his uh, tapes. He's a very good player, and he's going to be very dangerous for the um, for opposing teams. He'll definitely be dangerous, and the Timbers did outbid some big uh, Mexican clubs for Fernandez. Um, he doesn't come without his off-field issues, as he was arrested a couple years ago for cocaine. Um, but he's a very good player when he's healthy, and he's committed himself to being drug-free, especially with the Timbers and being in a much stricter legal environment in the United States. Uh, I think he will be good. We might see him in a couple minutes for the Timbers, um, but he's going to help them going forward. And I think it's the kind of move the Whitecaps need to make. I agree. Uh, we need to get a designated player. We a, need a good des- like big designated player. We need to improve. Yeah, uh, and we'll touch on that in a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, would you play your strongest squad versus the Timbers and maybe play a bit of a? A minus B plus team against Atlanta United. Um, I would play a stronger team against. I'd play all out with the Timbers and then rest a bit for against Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be a very tough game, and Timbers is going to be a very tough game. But this is a Cascadia Cup, so the this the Cascadia Cup means much more for the fans, and they would remember beating the Portland Timbers at such a strength like this compared to when they if they beat Atlanta United. Um, both teams are very strong, especially uh, Atlanta with uh, Josef Martinez and. Timbers are obviously a strong team. Adding on to that with Brian Fernandez, however, I would definitely play all out in the Timbers, and then if and then not play an A minus team, but just assess the situation coming to midweek because there could be injuries. We're not sure. That I think is the right approach, especially seeing as Portland is a Cascadia Cup match and it mm-hmm. is a Western Conference game. And looking ahead in the season, it could be that this is a six point game and we just don't know it. Mm-hmm. So, what's your score prediction for this one? For the Timbers game, I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a two-two draw to the Timbers. Um, I feel that uh, Fernandez, Brian Fernandez, will definitely try and get off to a strong start, and I think he's definitely going to really pull hard and maybe get a goal. And but I think Montero and I, I reckon Ben is going to net one. He's a very fast player, and with Rayner out um, through injuries, we'll discuss later. This could be a big time for him to shine. Yeah, definitely. I think 2-2 is probably the right decision. It could even be a barn burner at Mm 3-3. But I just can't see either team really coming out as victorious in this one. Mm -hmm. What position do the Whitecaps need to improve most? Uh, For the game, I think think our defense is really getting there. Slowly and steadily, we're really working our way up. We actually didn't... Technically, we didn't concede a goal in open play. It was two penalties, and... I think that's a good step um, for the way I wasn't off a set piece and we did struggle in the set pieces as de- a defensive team. And I think it's a really good it's a really good look, even though it doesn't look good on the scoreboard. It's I feel we're actually playing really strong as a defense. What's your thoughts on that? 
I think our defensive structure is very good. Uh, clearly, we do have a goal-scoring problem, as we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was more asking kind of in the summer, when that transfer window opens, what area do they need to improve? Oh, forward, for sure. Forward? Yeah, forward. We need we need to get some attacking person who's very scary and just not obviously not not obviously not Ibrahimovic but just someone like that just presence on the field someone like you know uh Ibrahimovic or like Lukaku obviously not those players but I I, I have you know, heard you get what uh, I mean I get what you mean and I have heard some names floating around uh on the Whitecaps Twitter uh and that would be Shinji Kagawa uh the attacking Japanese midfielder um he has been rumored to come to the Whitecaps and I think he would be a great acquisition, especially seeing the market that mm-hmm. he would be coming to in Vancouver. Yeah, now we are going to go to an academy update. Um, ben, would you like to give us the academy update? Sure. The uh, under-23s played a closed-door game against the University of Washington and tied 1-1. And they also played against the TSS Rovers, actually. Uh, but there was no game report, so we don't know the result of that one. And how about the U19s, Tom? The U19s had a great win. They had a 6-2 win. So, against the Silicon Valley Soccer Academy, Vasco Fry, Logan Chung, and Jeffrey Alade sorry, scored two goals each. The U19s are first place in the USSDA Northwest Division, which is a great accomplishment to them. And, and the they, U17s? The U19s have actually clinched first place uh, for the playoffs in the uh, US Soccer Development Academy. So, good on to them, and we wish them the best in the playoffs. The under-17s also had two games this weekend, and they won both of them, beating Ballistic United FC and Silicon Valley by scores of 4-2 and 2-1. This is all without uh, Simon Collin as well, who's currently captain in Canada right yeah, now. Yeah, Simon Collin and Cameron Habibula are with the Canadian Under-17 team at the CONCACAF Under-17 Championship right now. Uh, Fristos Pestas had five goals on the weekend for the Under-17s, and he's a name that we'll definitely want to keep following as this season goes on. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Ben, would you like to talk to us about the uh, Pacific FC uh, loss? I think, first of all, let's go to an ad break, and then we'll come back with some talk about Pacific FC and the Canadian Premier League. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to the Northern Starting Eleven Network. If you are a Pacific FC fan, make sure to listen to the Purple Rain podcast. Two hosts, 3,300 kilometers apart, united by Pacific FC. A collaboration between PFC Ontario and the Hydropole, bringing you all the latest news, rumors, and discussion regarding Pacific FC. Now on the Northern Starting Eleven Network. I'm Philippe from the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, you're listening for WhatsApp Whitecaps. Welcome back, and now we'll be discussing Pacific FC uh, in the second part of the episode. So. Since we last spoke, Pacific FC lost their first game to Winnipeg Valor at home. Uh, Tom, thoughts on the game? It was a it was a, it was a tough game. Um, it was it was a close game. I thought the two teams really gave it their all. Pacific FC didn't. They definitely. It was an unlucky game. I feel uh, Winnipeg seemed like a very Valor. Sorry, Winnipeg Valor seemed like a very strong team, and I think it's. They're definitely going to be a team to look out for. However, I'm not. I'm not stressed about that loss. It was a tough game, but I think Pacific FC will definitely bounce back in their next game. I think so too. And that game actually coming up in just a couple hours from when we're recording. That's against the Hamilton Forge. So by the time you're listening to this, that game will have already happened. Uh, but for us, it's still in the future. Um, Pacific FC. We're not short of their chances against Winnipeg. 
Uh, Jose Hernandez got his first professional goal. So congratulations to him. And uh, I'm sure it's the first of many, but Pacific FC did certainly have their chances. Um, Haber, he had a chance in the box. He headed it off the post. Rebound comes out. Goalie nowhere to be seen. Controls the ball. Empty net to shoot at. And what does he do? He puts it off the post. Uh, so Pacific FC were definitely not short of the chances and not short of their opportunities to win this one. Um, but they just couldn't finish. Do you think Haber has a bit of a finishing problem? Is he going to be successful in the CPL? Uh, what are you worried about Haber? What do you see in him? Look, it's only been two games, so I think it's really hard to tell, and it's a very early prediction. I, I actually think he's a really strong player, and it was it was unlucky. He, you know, there's there's still lots of these players, not all of them, but lots of these players are still adapting to being professionals and being in this type of intense environment. So I, I'm not too worried, but it was unlucky. However, I feel we definitely have we is going to be a very strong player for the Pacific FC this season. Yeah, I was sort of hoping that he would get some early goals uh, just because he's an experienced professional and he's up against kind of inexperienced defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly that, that hasn't happened. And after the Hamilton game later today, we're already a third of the way through this spring season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hamilton, if they lose, they're yet to get their first win three games in, and I think that would pretty well count them out. Uh, and if Pacific are able to get three points at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario... Uh, they would be right in the running for the spring season crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, we also had a big um, new player come come into the game. The young, youngest player in CPL history, Ahmed Al-Gamdi, um, who signed is, for the club. Yeah, who is from um, our school. And he, I've played with him myself. He is a player where if you give him the ball, you are going to see something spectacular. The amount of tricks he's pulled on people, the amount of skill he has for such a young player is out of this world. I played a national tournament with him. He got um, MVP of the tournament and it, it was it was a beautiful performance from him. I've never seen a bad game from Ahmed for sure. He's definitely a quality player. Both mm-hmm. Tom and I have experience playing with him and when he's on the ball, you're just full of confidence. He knows exactly what to do. His soccer IQ is on another level and being 17 years old in a men's professional league, in his five minutes against Winnipeg, he did not look out of place, and I think he's a very exciting prospect for Pacific FC. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Ahmed, you can check out my website at chesterfieldsports.net, and we have a great feature article on Ahmed and his journey from Saudi Arabia to Vancouver and now Pacific FC on the island, so check that out. Mm-hmm. So I- looking ahead to the Hamilton game, we'll just touch on that briefly because, as I said, uh, it will be over by the time you listen to this. Um, Pacific, they're sitting at 500. They're playing Hamilton, who have yet to get a win. But Hamilton do league do lead the league in shots with 30 shots. But they have not got many on uh, target and really been able to finish those chances. So you know, it says that they're able to build up really well, but they just can't finish off the uh, they just can't finish off the result. I think if Pacific FC can shut down Hamilton striker Skylar Thomas the win is in their back pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyle Becker, one of the kind of anchors for Hamilton and their big signing and captain, he won't be featuring in this one. Uh, He is suspended um, because of a challenge he had in the last game. So that'll definitely be a big hit as the Forge are looking for their first win. 
Yeah, and um, finally, uh, a game which is not a home opener, which is um, going to be interesting. We'll see how that one goes. It is a special occasion still for uh, Pacific, especially. It's their first away game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a shout-out to at PFC Ontario on Twitter. He will be at the game as probably the one-man sporter section for Pacific FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm hoping for a win. We'll see uh, what it is. Uh, of course, the game will be over by the time you listen. Um, but before that game, we'll take a quick look at the standings. Through 10 games, the Whitecaps have 9 points and sit ninth in the conference. However, a win on Friday against Portland could put them right back into the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Whilst, uh, and while Pacific uh, is only two games in, the CPL spring season is a short one and there will be more than a quarter complete after the Hamilton's game. Five of seven teams have played two games and Pacific sit in fourth place with three points. No team in the CPL has more than three points or more than one win yet. So another history-making chance for Pacific today, mm-hmm. if they are to get that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to bring us through our injury report? It's a short one, but it still has a couple names. Yeah, Jordi uh, Reina, unfortunately, will be out for uh, the month of the Whitecaps. And Starozic is out for Pacific FC. Other than that, there are no injured, which... You know, it's unfortunate, but it's good that it's not a long list. Yeah, definitely. And interestingly, uh, Henrik Starozic was actually listed among the possible starters for the game today in Hamilton. Uh, But according to his Twitter, he didn't actually make the trip to Hamilton. So I don't really know what the Canadian Premier League preview was talking about that. Anyways, thank you for listening to What's Up Whitecaps. I'm Ben. This is Tom. And we are proud to be part of the Northern Starting 11 Network. And... We'll see you next week. All right. See you then.